This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Let's, Let's now bring now in the Straits Times' U.S. Bureau Chief Nirmal Ghosh and China correspondent Elizabeth Law. Nirmal, Elizabeth, just moments ago, we heard the news conference between Taiwan President Tsai Ing-wen as well as U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Your initial reaction to what has transpired during the news conference, anything in particular that stood out for you? Let's start with you, Nirmal. Well, I know I don't think there were any surprises except that she went to great lengths in in terms of uh, you know talking about democracy and all that. I I think she may have made a couple of slips when she referred to Taiwan as a country, uh, that is called, probably going to be noticed by some people. But it was the message that we all expected her to deliver, given her record. You know that she has been a sort of advocate uh, for democracy in the past. She is uh, she's visited, um, uh, Be- uh, Beijing and you know, at Tiananmen Square and so forth. She has visited with the Dalai Lama and so forth. So her record on this is well known. And uh, she's, she wrote a big piece in the Washington Post just, just yesterday, I think, in which she outlined why she is making this visit. And, and she basically repeated all uh, the aspects, basically, you know, that uh, she made the point, and that's an important point, that the Taiwan Relations Act has been there for 43 years, a long time, and has had consistent bipartisan support in the US Congress. So the US is fairly is pretty committed to it. I think I think that was I think she made all the points that she has already made in the past. Elizabeth, what about you? Anything that uh, stood out for you, Liz? I think what really stood out, like um, Nirmal said, it's not not unexpected. The, the, you know that sort of very strong language that Mrs. Pelosi used, but uh, for sure, you know, it was it was very noteworthy that she referred to Taiwan as a country. Uh, that's one, and the other was the fact that Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen uh, was very measured in the statements that she made. She didn't take any questions, but she did say at the top of the press availability that the military exercises that are going on around Taiwan now are completely unnecessary. Uh, do note that, you know, this morning, even beginning from last night, China had a furious response uh, from at least five different government bodies, beginning with the foreign ministry, the defense ministry. It had It is also conducting military exercises around Taiwan now. But this actually continued this morning. We were seeing more angry responses. The foreign minister has called um, the visit dangerous and stupid and also the Taiwan Affairs Office has now warned specifically uh, President Tsai and Mrs Pelosi that basically what they're doing now is going to lead Taiwan down a dangerous abyss. Uh, but what more we're expecting to see from China, I think it will unfold in the coming hours. Nirmal, you know, we are reading a lot of developments uh, from the China's uh, side as well as Taiwan. Can you bring us up to date on the reactions in Washington over the last 14 hours or so? Is there unanimity in opinions uh, towards the trip? And how will it play out domestically, especially in view of the midterms coming up? Well, uh, the US officially, the White House, uh, the Pentagon has actually... um uh, come out and uh, repeated. Number one, it does not change the uh, the one China policy. So there's no need to get excited. No, no, no dramas required. Uh, they think that China is overreacting. Uh, they will not rise to the bait. They will not do their own saber rattling. But they remain committed to uh, the Taiwan Relations Act and the whole thing. But the 
the speaker's visit does not change anything fundamentally. That is the uh, administration's position. Now, if you look generally at um, at, uh, at at the the foreign policy and security establishment, there it started with this visit. A lot of people thought it was unnecessary and needlessly provocative. However, uh, it eventually drew bipartisan support, as we know. So I think that it sort of emboldened uh, emboldened the speaker, and um, the um, the point is made that there is precedent. Newt Gingrich, formerly Speaker of the House, a Republican, he visited in 97. So underlying the U.S.'s position is something which is somewhat akin, and, and you know, uh, Elizabeth, you can correct me if I'm wrong. The U.S. sort of believes that China is attempting to change the baseline or establish a new red line, right? Because this is not the China of 1997. So when the U.S. Uh, trots out all these reasons, there's precedent, there's no change to the one-China policy. From the China point of view, that is disingenuous, right? So that that that's where that's where you have the uh, dissonance and set against a much larger relationship, which has frankly become rather toxic. And a lot of people are extremely worried about the direction this relationship is going in. Now, in terms of domestic politics and the midterms, uh, President Biden cannot afford to look soft on China. He, he is already often accused of appeasing China. And this is because right in the beginning, when the news of the, of the Pelosi visit came out, he said the military thinks it's not a good idea and so forth. So he got a he got a lot of criticism and that put himself he put him in a corner where he could not really put pressure on and, and make and try and make Pelosi call off the trip. Of course, there's an element of of practical and plausible deniability and distance, because it is a fact that in the U.S. system, the Speaker of the House uh, these are co-equal branches of government. The Speaker of the House can absolutely make her own decisions and go wherever she wants. And the President does not have the power to make her, uh, him or her, <clears throat> do anything. So the dilemma that President Biden finds himself in is that he has to look strong on China for, because of the midterms. And, and even, even beyond the midterms, there is bipartisan support for being tough on China. So. President Biden is, America is suffering under very high inflation. One of the things he could do is uh, relax some of the, uh, the tariffs on China, but he can't do that because he'll be accused of being soft on China. So he's caught in a bit of a bind. Be allowing this thing to, hap to happen, uh, allowing Nancy Pelosi to go there and all this stuff to happen, uh, is, doesn't harm the Democrats' prospects in the midterms at all. It would be worse if he was seen to be appeasing China and allowing China to, um, from the U.S. point of view, set these new red lines. Elizabeth, the latest uh, I am reading is, uh, according to Taiwan Defense Ministry, uh, Chinese drills have invaded Taiwan's territorial space. Now, separately, uh, China has hit Taiwan economically as well. Uh, China's Commerce Ministry has suspended the export of sand to Taiwan and halted the import of fruits and fish products from Taiwan. Uh, Elizabeth, what other leverage does it have? 
Well, I think, um, you know, just to add on slightly to what Nirmal had said earlier as well, this Chinese response has actually been completely uh, expected the, because of the rhetoric that was going in leading up to Mrs. Pelosi's visit. There was no way that China could not not respond in this very strong manner. And bear in mind the fact that this is also an important year. We are just months away uh, from the 20th Party Congress where President Xi is expected to seek a third term. Now, the fact is that President Xi's position is probably already set, but within your Politburo Standing Committee of that 25 top uh, political slots in China, those positions may not have been confirmed yet. And, you know, there is worry that if he isn't seen as being tough on Taiwan and being tough against um, America, and bear in mind, Taiwan is a very emotional issue for a lot of Chinese tra- because of historical reasons. And if he isn't seen as being tough in that way, there is a, a chance that, you know, other people would use this incident to try and jockey uh, for their own people to be put within the Politburo Senate Committee, so which is why this response has been absolutely necessary. Now, to go back to what you said yesterday, uh, China's customs has said that they are also going to ban the import of citrus fruits and certain types of fish uh, from Taiwan. They previously already banned uh, pineapples, they've banned groupers, and on Monday they said that about 100 exporters from Taiwan were not allowed to export food into China because of outdated paperwork. So all all of these is gradually tightening the screws. Are there more ways of them tightening the economic screws? Absolutely. Um, But what exactly they will do, because it it is also quite a delicate balance. You want want to gradually uh, have economic sanctions, but at the same time, you do not want to provoke them into really properly lashing out and and really souring the entire relation because don't forget china keeps pushing this thing as well that you know there is one country two systems and they need to try to make the idea of some sort of reunification palatable to the taiwanese so they don't want to they really don't want to completely sour that uh relationship so i think it will be interesting to see what happens in the coming days and whether or not the the military exercises are going to escalate much further than we think. Uh, yes, while they have incurred into Taiwan, Taiwanese territory, but based on a map that the PLA had released last night after they announced the exercises that were going to take place this week, you could see that some of these areas that they had marked out on the map already would have incurred into Taiwanese territory. So it is, again, as I said, it is expected. Uh, the risk of miscalculation and an incident happening is still very high. Elizabeth, Nirmal, thank you for the insights and perspectives. US Bureau Chief Nirmal Ghosh and China correspondent Elizabeth Law there. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.